the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, uh, Ben Roethlisberger has been very effective getting the ball out of his hand quickly and using short passes to move the ball and convert third downs. As a result, pass rushers are realizing they can't get to him, and they're kind of stopping their rush and just putting their hands up. There have been some instances of passes batted into the air. Can the offensive linemen do anything to get those hands down? Um, they they can, but, you know, that is a minor problem in the big scheme of things. I'd much rather have third and medium-like problems, as you mentioned, than to have third and long problems. Third and long problems are the catastrophic problems where it's difficult to protect your quarterback when you're trying to run routes beyond the line of the game. We've worked extremely hard this year not being behind the chains and being in very manageable third downs, and that's what allows us to take the approach that you mentioned. And that is a, a small minor inconvenience relative to, to not being on schedule. But you don't, you're not worried like when those balls are fluttering around the up in the air around the line of scrimmage leading to interceptions? Not at all. Um, because just because it's third and four doesn't mean that we necessarily have to throw the ball short. And if they're not rushing, then that means we're not being pressured. And that means we're capable of working beyond the sticks, which we do very often. We threw a deep ball last week to, Chase Claypool on third down and medium. We got a DPI. We got a big chunk of real estate. Uh, that's as part. Of, that's as much a part of our repertoire as the short passes. So you know, you just got to be thoughtfully non-rhythmic. Uh, you got to always be that. But being on schedule is not a negative thing. Uh, so far this season, your team, or excuse me, last season, your team led the NFL with 38 takeaways. 18 of those were fumble recoveries. What goes into a defense's ability to create takeaways in that fashion? A bunch of guys that are ball aware, usually led by one guy who kind of provides uh, an example for others to follow, and then it catches on like wildfire. A year ago, man, T.J. Watt was getting that ball out uh, with extreme regularity, and I think it just, you know, it, it caught on like wildfire. If you look at what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens, Marlon Humphreys is that guy for them this year. And so now through six games, they've knocked 13 balls out and they lead the league. Uh, we're focused on it. Uh, we always are. Uh, our agenda does not change in that area. We just haven't been as fortunate or as opportunistic in that area to this point this year. We are ahead of schedule, I'd imagine, in terms of getting interceptions than we were a year ago. I don't care about what means we get the ball or get off the field as long as we're doing so. Uh, can you explain the rules as they apply to quarterbacks in terms of when they are protected players, when they're considered runners, and then the difference in how the defense is allowed to tackle them based on each situation? It's about passing plays. Um, when they're in the pocket uh, as passers or would be or potential passers, they are protected both before and after the throw. Um, on running plays, they are not protected. So some of the uh, read option type things, the RPO type things, where they could keep or not keep the ball. Um, they're runners much as much like the running backs and they're not protected. So uh, it, it's less about what it is they do and more about the, the construct of the offensive play. On passing plays, you got to, you know, treat them with kid gloves on the running plays, particularly when they're following out play fakes and some of those things you do not. Uh, through six games, your defense has 26 sacks, 64 hits on the quarterback. Some might view hits on the quarterback as a category representing almost a sack, but you got there too late. But is there any value in missing a sack but still hitting the quarterback legally? Certainly. Um, football is a game of attrition. Um, has been and always will be regardless of regulations or rules. 
Um, and we have a desire to play within the rules. And those hits that you mentioned are within the rules. We work extremely hard to make sure that uh, our quarterback hits, sacks, pressures, what have you, are all uh, of the legal variety. But we acknowledge that attrition is an element of play. Uh, we desire to win by attrition. And that includes wearing the quarterback down physically and mentally over the course of the football game. Wearing the quarterback down, how does that manifest itself? You know, it's different for each quarterback. You know, I, you, you know, we don't necessarily have the answer to that, but we realize uh, that there is an effect. Some are affected more than others. Some have strengths in certain areas more than others, intangible strengths, mental toughness, et cetera. Um, the bottom line is uh, it always helps our cause. It, I've never seen an instance where hitting the quarterback um, legally hurts your cause. What have you been getting from Cam Sutton so far this season? He's big time versatile. Um, he plays a lot on possession downs. You know, all downs aren't weighted the same. Uh, this is a guy that runs out there just about every third down, just about every two minute. Uh, he, the, the downs that he plays are significant ones. Um, we ask him to defend a variety of people. Um, he's a utility specialist, if you will. And the strength of his game is in versatility. And, and we appreciate and respect his contributions. Last week, he was able to step in for Mike Hilton and do some other things. And, and you had an opportunity to see the versatility in this game. Uh, he was a rundown nickel for us last week, much like Mike Hilton usually is, and, and put some tackling on display. He's really developed his game uh, into a well-rounded game, and we appreciate his contributions, and we're excited about the variety of things that he can provide us week to week. Uh, earlier this season, before the game against Houston, you know, we were on your show, we, you were talking about the kind of runner that Sean Watson is. And you said that he's a capable runner. His running ability is more than escape ability. He's capable of turning a broken play into a 50-yard gain if you're running in man coverage with your back to him. Uh, how would you describe Lamar Jackson as a runner? He, he's more of a scrambler than Deshaun Watson if you're looking for comparables. Uh, when he breaks out, uh, more times than not, he's tucking and running. Um, Deshaun will break out and move laterally parallel to the line of scrimmage in an effort to still deliver the ball down the field. Um, you know, this guy's got 50 carries on the season. He is their leading rusher, not only in yards, but attempts. And so there's a distinct difference there between he and, and, and people like Deshaun Watson who have escapability. Um, no question, this guy's got escapability, but it goes beyond escapability in terms of his intentions. And not only him, but, but what they do schematically. Um, you're talking about design runs with this guy much more than, than, than Deshaun. Deshaun's, the, the vast majority of Deshaun's runs are born out of um, aborted passing plays or scrambled plays. Um, this guy has some of those, but there are a lot of design runs within the functions of their offense as well. Uh, is there a defined way the Ravens use their tight ends, Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle? I mean, is one more of a receiver? And as receivers, how are they different? Without question. Uh, Andrews is a vertical passing guy. He is the receiving guy, and not only within the tight end position, but he I would consider him the number one for their football team. Oftentimes, and it's not talked about, but uh, in some instances, uh, the number one receiver doesn't happen to play receiver. He can play tight end, and I think that is the case. In the significant moments when he's in trouble, uh, the rapport that the quarterback has with this guy is significant. Boyle is a point-of-attack blocker. Uh, it's reflected in their run game. Oftentimes, he is at the point-of-attack. Uh, in the route tree and, and when he's participating in the passing game, his participation isn't nearly as vertical as Andrews. For Steelers fans, would you compare Andrews at all to Heath Miller? 
as a receiver? I, I would not. Um, he, he's, he's much more of a vertical threat in the passing game. And again, he's not a security blanket in the way that Heath was. He, he's a number one um, in, in, in the eyes of, of their offense and I'm sure in the eyes of their quarterback. What style of running game do the Ravens employ? You know, um, in terms of zone scheme or gap scheme, they employ both. The design quarterback runs create uh, an added component that, that very few can mimic and makes them unique. And that's why they're always one of the top running teams in the league. But just strictly from a running back standpoint, um, they're a gap scheme group. Uh, they double when they pull people. And that's how they get down, particularly when they're handing the ball to the likes of 21 and 35. Statistics say the Ravens blitz on a higher percentage of plays than any defense in the NFL so far this year. Uh, do they blitz because they can't get there with four, or do they have some other purpose behind their frequency of blitzing? You're going to have to ask Wink Martindale that. I, I just look at what they do. I don't try to decipher the reasons why. Sometimes that is useful. Sometimes that's not. It's just a waste of my time. I know that over the, over the years, they've been a, guy, been a group, and Coach Martindale has been a guy that has an appetite for the pressure. And so I just know that we're going to see it, and I don't spend a lot of time wondering the reasons why. Is Patrick, is Patrick Queen the Ravens' version of Devin Bush? Uh, I would imagine that it's headed in that direction. To this point, it is not. He is not an all-situations player for them. Uh, he comes off the field some, but I would imagine you, you check back in a number of weeks. Um, that could be the case. In the very same way as probably you, you rewind 12 months ago and Devin Bush was not an all-situations player for us, even though that was our vision and our intentions. Uh, you got you to gotta proceed with the growth and development of young people, particularly uh, a young guy like Queen who didn't, didn't have an offseason. What's Ravens week like in the building there? Not that, not that you don't you know, work as hard to prepare for other teams and you know, all that stuff, but what's Ravens week like? You know, I, I understand the question. I wish that I could tell you that. I wish I could describe it in some unique way, but to be honest with you, uh, it's no different than any other week from a preparation standpoint. Or, or specifically, no, other, no different than any other AFC North week, meaning we're playing somebody that we know extremely well. We assume that they know us extremely well. And, and, and so we realize that our execution is, go, is going to be a deciding factor, the quality of it. So we spend a lot of time focusing on what we do and the quality in which we do it. And that's thoughtful and designed by us as a coaching staff. Um, we respect this rivalry. We understand what this rivalry means, but it does not change the nature of our week or our approach to business from a preparation standpoint, it simply enhances it. The word respect is used a lot of by people on both teams, you know, talking about the other, uh, but it, underneath, is there some dislike as well? I think there can be respect and dislike. Respect is something that's earned. Uh, dislike, not always. And so they can coexist together.